0: You know, I don't know if you guys saw the criticism he got from Tiki Barber and how he handled that. He's just been such a great example for our team and and for this community, and I'm super proud of him. I'm super proud of him when he scores touchdowns. I'm, I'm super proud of him. Probably more proud of him is how he handles adversity, which we all know how important that is in life.
1: Penn State head coach James Franklin today and Saquon Barkley with Marty and McGee on ESPN Radio. NBA Western Conference Finals later tonight. Lakers can advance to the NBA Finals with a win against the Denver Nuggets. Coverage on ESPN Radio at 8.30 Eastern. Baseball, Marlins Friday night, clinching their first postseason burst since 2003. Marlins and Yankees today on ESPN Radio affiliates. Coverage on those affiliates in 30 minutes. Coming up Monday on the Max Kellerman Show... Do the Lakers finally
0: get back to the promised land? The Max Kellerman Show weekdays, 2 Eastern, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN.
0: Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. And here we are on a sunny Saturday morning in downtown Fresno, and we have some blue skies. Haven't seen a lot of blue skies lately, but um, just I'm thankful that we have them now. And um, today we're going to have a really informative show. Uh, our guest is Charlene Childers. Good morning, Charlene. Good morning, Don. Let me tell you a little bit about Charlene. And I, I've i known her ever since before she was in real estate. Um, she started as an intern, uh, as a receptionist at Realty Concepts. And uh, that was, what, nine, ten years ago? Ten years ago. Ah, so I've had to know you for ten years. So My sorry. gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and Charlene's an, going to be an interesting guest today, and especially on the topic of the Creek Fire that we're going to be talking a lot about. Because not only is she a realtor, but also the CEO of a logging company that she formed along with her husband, Keegan. Uh, Keegan is a fourth generation logger, and um, he's been, you say he's been um, falling timber. It's either felling or falling timber. Uh, since he was old enough to own a chainsaw that's right all right how does he feel doing all the work and you're the ceo this, <laughs> this just doesn't seem right to me
2: <laughs> he actually kind of loves it because he doesn't like paperwork and he doesn't want to talk to people or look for work or do all of the uh ins and outs of legal stuff that i do so he's happy just to to work every day and do what he loves to do and not be encumbered by those kinds of things
0: all right now not only are you those two things three things because wife i got to throw that in there too but you're also a leader Um, you have served on committees at the fresno association of realtors and i see that you are now the secretary treasurer of the highway 168 fire safe council i am that means you're gonna know a thing or two about today's discussion. That's right. Not only do you live there in the area that was impacted, but you're one of the leaders. So I'm gonna start off with that, with just one question. And, I, and, and that is, tell us what it must have felt like the last few weeks. <laughs> and how, I mean, your emotions must have been running rampant.
2: Pretty high. Pretty high. Tell us about that. Um, I think I finally slept a full night about uh, five days ago. It's been a lot of sleepless nights and worry and unknown. Um, A lot of sadness and worry for my friends and fellow business owners up the mountain, just not knowing what to expect every day. Um, A lot of uh, feeling of displacement being out of your home and a lot of people didn't know where to go or what to do with their animals. Um, so it was a very stressful time. I'm glad we've turned the corner a little bit, at least in our community. And we know for the most part, what we're dealing with as far as damage.
0: Mm-hmm. So when did you know we turned the corner?
2: Uh, I say I, I felt comfortable returning home a couple days before we came off a warning. Um, So my area in Prather was on uh, evacuation warning most of the time. We had one off day where there was some misinformation that came out on social media that said that we were on a mandatory evacuation. And us and neighbors rushed to get things out and then found out about 24 hours later that we were just on warning. Um, But within a couple of days of coming off the warning, Um, just watching the fire activity and and what the feedback was from CAL FIRE um, and some feedback that Keegan was kind of getting on the inside. He was actually up there cutting um, trees down for about a week and a half. Uh, We felt comfortable at least staying there at the house, still packed up and ready to go, um, but at least there.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, would that be the same for people that are in the Big Creek area, Shaver, North Fork? So I think those were the the most impacted areas,
2: right. North Fork, for the most part, everybody's been able to return home unless they were on um, very outlying areas uh, you know northeast of town that were closer to fire activity. Um, folks in Big Creek have not been able to return yet. Shaver Lake not able to return yet. They've opened some areas that were heavily impacted, like the ridge on Auberry. Um people have been able to return home. Some people have only been able to return to kind of preview damages, but not necessarily stay.
0: Mm. That must be a a tough one emotionally to to return just to check it out. Right. Um, Have you heard much about how many homes have been lost?
2: So Cal Fire um, as of yesterday was about 98% complete with their structure analysis and what they report is structures lost not necessarily homes. Mm -hmm. Um, So the last number I read was around 800. Now that could be garages and outbuildings as well so Mm -hmm. we're not exactly sure how many of that's going to be single-family homes. Um, To the best of my knowledge from what I've heard that uh, friends and Acquaintances that have been impacted, that area right along on Auberry Ridge and up towards Crestman's Road, Peterson Road, um, and the Dogwood community going up towards Shaber seems to have the most loss of structure.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! And although I live here in the flatland, here I got to tell you this one hurt because that's our backyard. It's home. Yeah, you know, just two weeks before it started, um, I was up there doing my wandering right just driving around went to uh shaver dinky dinky creek uh the cressman area Mm -hmm. and boy it's just hard to imagine
2: i uh i talked with our broker jp Shamshoyan a couple days after the fire had started and we were officially evacuating ourselves and um I just explained to him, it it felt like I was mourning a death. It was like someone in the family had died. It's something, you know, Keegan and I based a lot of our living off of that and it's our home and where we've spent a lot of our free time and it's hard to think about that uh, being destroyed.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, as we go along in the show, um, we're gonna talk about the impact on real estate, but also because you have logging experience, um, what, What could have been done to help prevent it or slow it down? Um, Because there's a lot of talk about that. Mm -hmm. A lot of talk about us not managing the forest properly. Mm -hmm. Um, So love to get your opinion on that.
1: Okay.
0: And then um, also uh, besides that, it's what people can do to help out. Okay. One of the blessings that I've been seeing all this travesty of not just the creek fire but other other things too is that people want to help yeah yeah and uh, that's good because that's what our community needs in fact so i heard a good one this week community is the root word of coming together in unity hmm. and and that's really what we've done so absolutely yeah all right um What could have been done? It just as a preview for about a minute and then we're gonna go to commercial break, then we'll talk more about it.
2: Okay, I won't jump on my soapbox quite yet then if I only have a minute. Um, There is a lot of hazard reduction that could have been completed. Um, There was a lot that was completed and we'll go into detail on that. I think there's a lot of successes to share here, Um, but there could have been more material removed from the forest floor so that there was less to burn.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty simply put. <laughs> but I did say one minute or less, so there you are. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN.
1: The accounting firm of Moore Grider & Company has been serving the Central Valley's tax and accounting needs since 1956. Hi, I'm Kendall Wheeler, CPA and partner with Moore Grider & Company. You know, a business just doesn't stay around for almost 60 years unless they've earned the trust of their clients and have provided outstanding service to those they do business with. These days, there are so many government regulations and tax law changes that it's nearly impossible for the average taxpayer to keep up with it all. You can rest assured that the professionals at Moore, Greider & Company know the laws and can assist you in not only complying with the law, but also in helping you plan your financial life outside of just completing a tax return. But know that the professionals at Moore, Greider & Company are more than just number crunchers and tax preparers. We want to help our clients succeed in both good times and bad. That's why we treat every client as if they were our only client. Because every client, every person truly matters to us. We're at www.moregrider.com or better yet, give us a call at 440-0700. For more than 75 years, the VA Home Loan Benefit has helped millions of eligible veterans and service members achieve their piece of the American dream, a home for their families. Did you know that you could purchase a home or refinance your current home loan with your VA home loan benefit? VA home loans have lower closing costs and generally enjoy lower interest rates than other borrowers. The VA home loan may save you thousands of dollars on your mortgage. For more information, visit www.va.gov or talk to a lender of your choice. Choose VA.
2: I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Hola, encantada. ¿Cómo te llamas?
1: <laughs> now try Babbel Free. Just text DEVELOP to 64000 and start learning a new language today. That's D E V E L O P to 64000. Oh, I'm ready to play. Today. Put me in code. I'm ready
0: to play. Well, welcome back to Welcome today. Home Radio. This is Don Look Scordino, your host. And our guest today is Charlene Childers, a realtor with Realty Concepts, and also the CEO of a logging company that was formed with her and her husband, Keegan. And um, that kind of makes you a great guest for filling us in on the Creek Fire overview. What all happened up there? So well, in the previous segment, I said, give us a little background of what happened, what caused this. And I understand there's, um, uh, the the COVID of trees was the bark beetle. <laughs> tell, tell us about that.
2: So we had a, a pretty serious drought that I think everybody in the valley is especially aware of. Um, and basically what happened is our forest was uh, compromised. Their immunities were compromised. Trees fight off bark beetle infestation um, by basically pushing sap out through using their water dispersal system. And it pushes the beetles out of the tree and basically prevents the beetles from getting in and eating uh, what's called the cambium layer between the bark and the actual wood of the tree. And that's the water dispersal system of the tree. So when the bark beetle eats it, it can't disperse water up the tree, tree dies.
0: These trees sound like humans. I mean, it's like, because we have an immunity system too that does amazing things.
2: Yep, yep
0: wow all right i thought it was just a tree a
2: little more going on there
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so um the bark beetles have always been around but the trees just got weaker exactly because of the drought
2: because of drought and because there were more stems per acre so a denser forest so more competition for what little water there was, um, and it just created the perfect storm.
0: Ah, I see. So, and I've heard a, a lot about that, and that's why I'm glad you're here today to, to get your firsthand experience, but I, I'm hearing that we should have done, we as humans should have done a better job of cleaning the forest.
2: Yes, well, and that is our responsibility, not just as humans, but as public landowners. Mm-hmm. We are responsible for taking care of the forest and uh, kind of delegating how we feel that that should be managed. Um, and I think we really failed at that. I failed, you failed, everybody failed. Okay. But I think that there was some successes. Um, we did have a few of our local entities that responded well and in a timely manner mostly, as timely as they could.
0: I want to hear about these successes. Okay, I'm I'm tired of negativity. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some positive stuff.
2: Here's the positive thing. Um, I think most people are aware that the village in Shaver Lake was mostly saved. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people were um, happy to hear that there was a success story in the midst of so much decimation going on. Um, My opinion, and again, this is my mostly uneducated opinion but
0: humble opinion okay fair that's a better word than uneducated
2: (laughs) humble i'll take that
0: come on i said on the show you were the expert
2: (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to make you look bad don um my opinion is that a couple of things contributed to that success number one shaver lake proper the actual lake and the community is mostly surrounded by private forest land the number one private forest owner in that area is Southern Cal Edison. Southern Cal Edison has a very detailed forest management plan that includes f- actually thinning for uh, timber removal for merchantable saw logs, uh, mastication of undergrowth of brush, and they do control burning as well. So that helped the fire that was kind of raging in slow down as it came into the Shaver Lake area. And also we had um, the Highway 168 Fire Safe Council and CAL FIRE work in conjunction to build a fire line almost around the entirety of the the community of Shaver Lake. So the west side from Stevenson Mountain all the way down to Cressman's and then all the way east uh, following, they did, CAL FIRE did a ton of clearing on Cressman's Road, Peterson Road, uh, but they had a whole fire break going into um, below the Granite Ridge community in Shaver Lake that actually looped into Blue Canyon. So when the fire broke out, they were able to send resources there to really make those fire breaks a little bit bigger, take out more trees. Um, and I think that really slowed everything down. Also, to give Fresno County credit where credit's due, they were very proactive on getting contractors to remove dead trees in and around their infrastructure and private residences in the Sheryl Lake community. So there was a lot less dead material there that could have ignited.
0: So Fresno County has been proactive since, well, before all this started.
2: They they reacted quicker than anyone else as far as a government entity. Um, Our first contract with Fresno County was in 2016, and that was the first... That was the first government money we saw come to actually clean anything up.
0: Into your logging company? Correct. Okay. So, four years ago, Fresno County mm-hmm. was the first to say, we got to do something. Yep. All right. Now, earlier you mentioned building a fire line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Me and a lot of our listeners were flatlanders. What constitutes a fire line and how do you build one?
2: So there's uh, different ways that you can do that. These are called prescriptions that we follow. What we did, um, actually, we, we did this on both sides. We worked on uh, the Granite Ridge portion to Blue Canyon, and we also worked on that west portion from Stevenson Mountain down. Um, basically, what we do is we take a 400-foot line that a forester maps out for us and says, this is the area that we're going to clear, take out all the dead dying timber, take out a few smaller green trees that aren't going to fare well in what they're trying to do in that particular area. Then we bring a basically a giant mower, if you will, it's called a mastication machine that comes through and chews up all of the underbrush growth, any leftover slash limbs of trees that we've left behind. And it just creates a nice clean 400 foot kind of barrier
0: 400 foot mm-hmm. okay
2: yeah so that would be one way that's what mostly happens in California
0: what quick question yes I'm, I'm stuck on this 400 foot thing
2: uh-huh.
0: all right I know that that's going to be ample unless the winds really pick up mm-hmm. so what is how how high does the wind have to blow to jump 400 feet
2: not very high Mm. But what they did in this instance is this allowed enough road access and forest access for them to bring in dozers. And what they did is they actually widened those lines.
0: Ah, okay.
2: So it's kind of like, it's more of an escape route, let's call it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's
2: not necessarily going to stop the fire. It will help slow it down. And we've seen some evidence of that, especially on that west side of Shaver. But it really provides access for them to get in and create a line that the firefighters can hold right there.
0: Now, tell me if this is a crazy statement (laughs) Uh, or a question. And that would be uh, because I know part of me says, well, God, we just need to let the forest be natural, let it stay there. But then I think, okay, well, two million years ago, that was fine when people didn't have weren't living there. And have their homes there Um, and so now nowadays I think we kind of have to integrate with nature Mm -hmm. because we are a part of nature too is is that a fair statement or
2: I think that's a fair statement Um, for people that are saying they would like the forest to remain in its natural state they need to be at peace with the fact that the forest cleans itself up by burning.
0: Okay. So, so that fire is a natural way. It is.
2: it is. Although it's also somewhat man-made because the forest would normally be burning on an annual, biannual basis much more regularly than these areas have burned. So... We're letting it go natural by not necessarily thinning it mechanically, but we're also not letting it burn naturally the way that it does. So when a fire does come in, we can't control it at all. And Mm -hmm. it's burning much hotter and much faster than it would be in a natural state.
0: Yeah. And kind of as a counterpoint to what I said, there's also humans start some of the fires. They're not all started by lightning.
2: Right. Right. Which this one, at least we know, was not ignited by lightning. The assumption is it's a man-made start, although we don't know what the cause is as of right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, boy, that's bad. So now I understand too that uh, in the state of, well, yeah, in the state of California, we do a lot less logging than before. Um, you go back 20 years ago. I remember in Auberry, there was a big logging company up there that's now shut down. Somebody told me that nearest logging company is in Porterville. Is that right?
2: Just yep, just south of Porterville and Terabella. That's our closest sawmill.
0: So as you fell timber, that's where you got to send it. Yep. Wow, that's a long ways, <laughs> and, and that's and it's a long ways if you consider the Sierra Nevadas. Pretty much go from just south of Terabella north towards uh, Shasta. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of the Sierra Nevadas. When you go north, what's the closest one?
2: Uh, Sonora. Hey,
0: that's half the Sierra Nevadas. Right. So, okay, that's amazing. <laughs> and the Sierra Nevadas are, of course, the highest mountain range in America, uh, the continental U.S. Let's see, I, I paid attention in geography <laughs> class. <laughs> I know we are not as tall as the Denali
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in Alaska. So, all right. So, what is that a – why did we do that?
2: Well, that's not an easy answer. Um, I think that there was a lot of politics involved with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think that there was a, a changing in the environmental movement, climate, that really – Uh, squeezed out sawmills and different industry that kind of lives off of natural resources. Um, We really started to see that change in the late 80s, early 90s. And I mean, we used to have multiple sawmills in Shaver Lake. We had sawmills in North Fork. Um, And once those closed, now our cost to actually get timber out of the forest and to a sawmill where we make money on it went way, way up. Mm -hmm. And it became less and less feasible to do those sales. Also, um, the Forest Service, federal land, is the major source of of timber and what timber is coming off of. So they have to physically put a sale together, put it out for public comment, get it approved, do the environmental studies. Most like, Almost always they have to litigate at some point. There's some kind of civil suit involved. So it could be three to four years from the time that they actually say, we want to do a timber sale here to where they can actually get a contractor out to remove the timber
0: Hmm. all right so it's pretty involved now i see why keegan doesn't want to be the ceo yeah he wants wants you to do it because it's complicated
2: (laughs) he just wants to cut trees man makes him happy
0: all right um and to show you i paid attention in history class we used to have a flu that went from Shaver down to Clovis, mm-hmm. where they sent logs down this water flue, and that's uh, that's how near the, the logging industry was to our area. Yeah. Now it's Terabella and Sonora. Yep. All right. With that, we're going to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. And now a moment of chill from Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment. Made to chill in a canoe, holding a beer instead of a paddle. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly.
1: You run a business and you need better wireless. Three words, no more compromise. With the T Mobile Business Advantage, you get the largest 5G network, award winning customer support, and insanely great value. No trade offs. Right now, get up to 90 days of unlimited free on business plans when you switch via bill credits. Stop in to find out more. Plus taxes and fees for some plans. Complete port within 60 days. Customers over 50 gigabytes per month have lower speeds during congestion. Video at 480p, unlimited on our network. CTMobile.com for 5G devices coverage and plan details.
0: Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Charlene Childers here. Um, Not only a realtor, fellow realtor, but a um, CEO of a logging company and uh, a resident in where the Creek Fire was. So we are talking about the Creek Fire and using her diverse experiences there to um, try to understand this a little better. So... I want to talk about recovery because I'm tired of, I said, I was tired of the negativity uh, (laughs) uh, about so many things and what's happening? Give us the positive things. How are we going to recover?
2: Well, I think it's going to be a lot of community teamwork and we've seen a lot of that coming together already. Um, Our community up in the mountains is pretty tight knit. It's very small. Uh, Most everybody knows everybody or is related to somebody and has lived up there forever. So we saw our community as a whole, even though most of us were affected and had to leave our homes, we all kind of circle around each other and try to help each other as much as we can. So, you know, neighbors are helping neighbors evacuate and getting food to each other um, and kind of taking care of each other on the short term there. we saw quite a few of our community leaders start to accept and distribute donations. We've seen a lot of GoFundMe pages pop up for families that we had known had lost their homes and are, are kind of trying to figure out a temporary game plan. Um, so at this point, we've had a lot of a lot of our small community circling together, and then the outpour of support from our, our Flatland folks, as you referred to yourselves,
0: do you have a better name for us?
2: That's what we—that's what we call you guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, just the outpour of donations and volunteerism that we've seen from you guys um, has been amazing, and and definitely more, I think, than any of us expected. Mm-hmm. So that's been you know the
0: Fresno Association of Realtors made a, a good donation, as they to, should. Yeah. <laughs> Guess like, whose idea it was?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. The president's maybe?
0: Maybe it was, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at, at about 30 different people requesting it, I finally came up with this great idea.
2: <laughs> hey, that's the best part of being a leader. You get to take, get to take credit for all the good ideas.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so how is FEMA, the Army Corps of Engineers, and those people, uh, Red Cross, how are they helping out here?
2: So Red Cross is involved uh, with the short-term needs. Um, They're helping with, they have evacuation centers, um, vouchers for folks to stay in hotels if they don't have any other options. Um, They're kind of meeting the immediate needs. The long-term needs, we're still kind of up in the air. We're only at 39% containment right now, even though it's been over three weeks. Um, So we don't know exactly how Government dollars are going to play into cleanup efforts at this point. I'm kind of basing this off of what I saw the response on the campfire. That's the closest example I can think of as far as a similar effect, although they lost 11,000 homes. So it was a much greater loss yeah. as far as numbers. Well, that actually
0: got into a whole town, the it town did. of Paradise. Yes. We were fortunate. I think most of our losses have been outlying structures.
2: Right. So we lost very few businesses, although we did lose some, mm-hmm. um, and mostly home structures, whatever that looks like. Um, they have the, the town of Paradise and the campfire had uh, FEMA money step in. And what they do is they hire the U.S. Corps U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to contract contractors, tree companies, debris removal. They'll come in and they do all of the cleanup, stage one. Stage two, then it's kind of recovery effort of um, revamping septic systems, water systems, utilities, uh, tree removal, things of that nature. So I'm assuming that we're probably gonna follow a similar pattern. At this point, we've only had FEMA dollars involved for active firefighting we've not been declared as far as i know somebody fact check me we have not been declared a federal emergency so we have not received recovery dollars from fema yet is it going to happen most likely i, I kind of doubt that this is going to be passed over
0: hey i know somebody at fema i'll talk to you to them on your behalf
2: good give them a call please <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> um you made me think of something so uh, Southern Cal Edison is Mm -hmm. big there. Well, and with all the structures, you've got electric, uh, electricity running through there. A lot of those are wooden posts, Mm -hmm. poles. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sure they're treated, Mm -hmm. but fire gets pretty heavy. Exactly. So did a lot of those go down?
2: I'm guessing based on what I'm seeing with my eyes as far as trucks coming up with power poles on them. Yes, a lot of that was impacted.
0: (laughs) That's a good way to measure it. (laughs) Open your eyes and see what's happening. And that's stuff you don't get on the internet. Right,
2: right. (laughs) Um, Basically, as soon as 168 was somewhat open, and that was kind of their priority once the fire moved through, let's get any hazard trees that we can removed away from 168 get the fire clean up as much as we can so we can get the utility companies in there to start doing their repair work so within days they were up there already starting to do repairs and they're they're going to continue doing that for a
0: while maybe this is a natural way of getting our economy going again i mean it's creating jobs i i've noticed um driving past hotels that used to that a month ago Mm -hmm. they were not half empty but more than that, and now they're, they're mostly full.
2: Right, right. You know, the sad fact of it is, Don, in our industry for logging, um, we haven't had a lot of work opportunities at home other than working on these fire lines and hazard cleanup. Now, we're gonna mm. have a lot of work for the next couple of years.
0: Mm. So prior to the Creek Fire, what percentage of your business, your company's business was private? A homeowner calling saying, Hey, I, I need my area cleared. How much was that, and how much did you get from government entities?
2: I would say our first year of business was almost 100% residential. Um, homeowners that needed to clear, you know, five, 10 acres, less than that, get trees away from their house, what, what have you. Then as the government dollars started to ramp up, I would say since 2017, almost 100% of our business has been government entity hazard fuel reduction programs. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. And, you know, I I had somebody on the show from Tree Fresno uh, a couple of years ago. And as I was asking questions, she realized, she goes, Don, you're a tree hugger, aren't you? (laughs) And yes, I am. However, I've come to learn that the, a good tree is a tree in the right place. I mean, And we have to have the acknowledgement that we need a place to live too. We don't live in caves anymore.
2: Right.
0: Um, so if that tree is right up against your foundation, That's somebody's right. got to move. Mm-hmm. Either the cabin, the house, or the tree. And um, since trees don't talk, they... They they don't get the voice. Um, Although we do have plenty of people talking for them. Right. (laughs) So, hey, and and then I used to be in the tree business a long, long time ago. And I remember telling Keegan I know how to fell a tree, Mm -hmm. how to notch it in a certain direction so you can make it fall in a certain direction. I'd hate to try it now, though. (laughs) I'm not sure I would know how to turn the chainsaw on.
2: (laughs) Now, but the question is, can you hit a beer can with the tree? Are you that good? I used to could. Uh, <laughs> that's something.
0: Yeah. Because um, I remember they, my the other guys got mad at me for knocking out a whole six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> with the tree, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yes. right. Oh, you don't think I drank it while I was working. <laughs> Come on, Charlene. <laughs> All right. So um, we also have had... Um, Some resources to help us in the recovery. Um, Nathan Magzig on the Board of Supervisors has, uh, has, I've listened to his Mm -hmm. because they're so factual. Yeah. And and he's really non-biased. I I mean, or uh, he presents the facts. Yep. He could be a good replacement for Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Now, you know, Nathan was on our show about a month ago. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He He's a great guy to interview and just a great guy. Yeah. But anyway, how helpful has things like that been?
2: I think Nathan Magsig's coverage of what was happening up there was the most timely, uh, the most accurate, um, and I think the most appreciated as far as kind of public feedback that I've seen. Um he was able to gain access to areas that the news had not even covered, touched, reported. And like you said, he was just there reporting facts, um, trying to get people in touch with the resources they needed to and the information that they needed to. I think he and his office have been very, very proactive to to represent their area and, and help us as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also been really good about sharing important kind of uh, repopulation information on his website. So things that I didn't think of, like when you return home, your home has survived. Has your septic been impacted? Ways to test it. Has your private well been impacted? Ways to test it. Any kind of county resources that you might need information for, he's got it all on his website. Um, And he's also got the information for the local assistance center, which is now open at the Clovis Memorial District seven days a week, eight to seven. So people that are needing to figure out what their next steps are or need some help, more resources, you can go visit there and kind of get in touch with what what you need to do next.
0: Any idea, uh, this is a tough question, but any idea how many people are still evacuated and not back in their homes?
2: You know, I don't think I could put a number to it. I know some of... Some of the ridge was repopulated in the last day. So Burl Valley, Tollhouse, Auberry, Prather, upper parts of Auberry onto the ridge for the most part have been repopulated. Um, Shaver Lake I don't believe has yet, but I know that they allowed business owners in yesterday to go in and check stuff out. So North Fork for the most part, I believe everybody's home. Um, so I think we still have some displacement definitely that were the areas that were heavily impacted but I think for the most part, most people have been able to return home. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I understand, um, well, even in part of our notes, we're talking about uh, that we need Fresno County's cooperation for rebuilding. Mm -hmm. How how so?
2: Well, people are going to be pulling permits to rebuild through Fresno County, and Fresno County is also going to be the major disseminator of information on how we're going to utilize potential federal dollars for cleanup. And they'll be the ones organizing, I'm assuming, that effort. Um, So based on what I'm seeing from Nathan Magsig's office, I think we're gonna have all the resources we need. And he has said that he's going to help on the county level as much as he can to get these permits fast-tracked so people can rebuild as quickly as they can and want to. Um, But there's gonna be, I think, some eye-opening things that people maybe aren't expecting as far as how building uh, requirements have changed
1: oh yeah
2: what's going to be rebuilt will be a wildfire hardened home
0: now they have to have solar on there.
2: solar um fire resistant exteriors windows door siding sprinkler systems these are all things that people i'm fairly certain did not have in their homes so i I think it's going to be a little bit eye-opening
0: wow back to welcome home radio that's some appropriate music for today's show fire on the mountain (laughs) yeah and there's gold in them hills which is real estate and so let's talk about the impact on real estate um we've been talking about logging we've been talking about fire prevention um now people that own property up there how is it impacting them
2: we're going to see a couple things happen, in my humble opinion. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we have...
0: Because you, you have an educated opinion. Yes. Opinion. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> but it's okay to be humble.
2: <laughs> Our mountain community, as far as real estate, is, is a little bit diverse. We have the Shaver Lake area, which is kind of its own animal. And then we have the lower foothills, which is a, a totally different market and we are gonna have interplay on both here that are gonna be impacted. Um, short term, we're gonna see some buyers get some cold feet if they're in escrows on homes that have survived. Um, I haven't heard yet, but I'm sure it's gonna come up that something was lost that was in escrow and that's quite a process on how buyer and seller are gonna to want to approach that.
0: Yeah, boy. You know, here in the flatland halfway through an escrow, we usually have to renegotiate repairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is repairs on steroids. I mean, that, yeah, maybe, maybe the barn burnt down. Maybe the roof was uh, part burned or partially burned. So maybe it's possible to rebuild Mm -hmm. who gets the insurance money, buyer Mm -hmm. or seller. Mm hmm. I know for sure the real estate agent isn't gonna get their commission That's from. Right. So I, well, I was about to say I know an agent that had two transactions going at the time that he had put a lot of work into over the months and uh, lost them both. Right. You may have been in that same boat. Yeah. Um, All right. So. Then I think there's also the problem with getting loans and also getting um, insurance. Now, I've heard, and of course, you know, not from an official source, but underwriters are uh, wiping out an entire zip code. So the 93619 zip code, which is a a substantial part of Flatland Clovis, Mm -hmm also extends up into the foothills. It does. So an underwriter might say, hey, I'm sorry, that home over on um, Locan in Gettysburg, we're not gonna fund on it because it's in the 93619 ZIP.
2: Right, and that is the perfect example of why you work with a local lender.
0: Ah, okay. (laughs) I didn't intend to have you make that plug for being local, but.
2: That's the truth, because a local lender is going to go to bat for you and explain to their underwriter why that flatland 619 is different than 619 that butts up to the town of Tollhouse. let's say.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, how about, let's say you are up in the uh, up in the foothills or the mountains and um, different terrain at around the 2000 foot level, right? Mm-hmm. Below that, you've got bull pine Mm -hmm. uh more pine trees and oak trees above that you get more into the the um the the firs, and eh, not the redwoods in this area but yeah um so how does how how do you get insurance up there now Uh, and is the cost going to be impacted
2: the cost has already been impacted Years past, um, I'd say in the last two to three years, we saw a big shift in the market. Um, As far as insurance appetites up there, we had quite a few carriers back out of the market. Um, I had a lot of people, including myself, that were using California Fair Plan as the insurer of last resort because it was our only choice.
0: And California Fair Plan is from the state of California, and it's a policy that they have to give you. Correct. Uh, all right. So they can't say no. We're not going to inch. We right. don't. We, we don't do the nine three six one nine zip.
2: Right. But they can set their price. Okay. And that's where it gets expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So we're going to see if there were remaining carriers in our area. It's possible that they could want to exit. It's possible that they could raise premiums. I think we're going to see more California Fair Plan in the area. Um, And we we will see a moratorium on insurance policies being written for at least short term, if not for a month or so.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Let's now look at vacations in that area. What what's the impact there? Um, Ski season's coming up in a couple months, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, Is China Peak gonna be up and running and
2: from what i've heard on their kind of pr facing facebook updates yeah um they are planning on reopening for the 2020 season um they were impacted by the fire i don't think their losses were so great that they're not able to open from what i've heard um so i think we're still going to have some you know tourism going on there um Shaver Lake Village being mostly intact and most of the outlying neighborhoods being fairly well intact, I think we're still going to see a lot of our our second home people coming up um, at least short term to see what's going on and check in on things. And I I still think we're going to have a lot of uh, visitation to the lake next season because for the most part, things are okay around there.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So it sounds like most of the areas that were impacted were – off the main beat because a- around the 168 and in Shaver, things were taken care of or preve- uh, preventative measures were taken care of.
2: It- in Shaver Village proper, yes. Your drive up from the top of the four lanes up what we call the six mile into Shaver, heavily impacted. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's gonna be a little jarring for people when they see it. I have not seen it in person yet
0: can people drive up there now? Not uh, yet. Okay. I was going to say, a guy like me that likes to just drive around and wander and, and roam, <laughs> I, I, I better go the other way, huh?
2: Yeah, Yeah. They will probably be opening up 168 for all traffic, I would say, in the next couple of weeks, depending on fire activity. My request as a resident would be try not to come gawk for a little while if you can, Let people come in and see their homes and get there. But, you know, I understand curiosity is is hard to uh, avoid.
0: You know, I'm one of those people. I'm sorry. I I, I just get (laughs) curious.
2: (laughs) I understand.
0: All right. Um, Will people do you think people are going to rebuild or are they going to take that insurance money and move, move somewhere else? I
2: think it's a little early uh, to form an opinion on that. Based on, again, what I've seen from the campfire recovery efforts, you know, they're, they're two years in, um, and they've had out of 11,000 homes that were lost, they've only had 368 rebuilt. And I know, um, oddly enough, people from that market were taking their insurance dollars and coming to the valley and coming to our foothills and purchasing there because it's kind of a similar topography and it felt similar to them. Mm-hmm. So I think they did have a lot of people leave the market. Because we're a smaller community and a little more tight-knit, I think we stand a better chance. And the community as a whole is, is really making some efforts as far as fundraising and revitalization to create uh, opportunities and desire for people to come rebuild and hopefully... My hope, at least with the 168 Fire Council, is we can continue to do work that make people feel confident that this isn't going to happen again. And if it does, that it'll be on a much smaller scale and safer.
0: So what is your best real estate advice for people in that area?
2: If you're living in the Foothills Mountain area, just hang tight. We're going to see what happens. Your neighbors are coming back. Stay the course. It's all good. If you feel unsafe, reach out to your local fire-safe council, your local representatives. Figure out how to make your home feel a little more fire-safe and fire-hardened first. Mm -hmm. If you still feel unsafe, then call your local realtor and see what your other options are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like that. Call your local realtor. now, give me your best advice as Secretary-Treasurer of the Highway 168 Fire Safe Council.
2: My best advice would be uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Um, I'm rallying our board as we speak to kind of make some efforts on more cleanup, some grants, that type of thing in our area to make sure that our our wildland-urban interface is as fire safe as it can be. Um, Now, most of my board was impacted and many of them lost their homes in the fire. So be patient with us, but we will be responding. um, And I think we're gonna have some really good things coming out for the community.
0: All right, well, Charlene Childers, I would like to thank you for coming, coming in today and sharing your experience. And I can truly say your firsthand experiences with us on the creek fire and thank you to all our listeners and we will be back again next week so stay tuned to welcome home radio saturdays nine to ten thank you
1: since we last checked on the men in superman capes a lot has happened in gotham city otherwise known